So the, the topic of um, tonight's discourse of presentation is uh, the goal of life. So this is a, an important topic because it's not, if you judge from what people do, it's not apparent whether people really know what is the goal of life. So many people are lost in this world, especially in our so-called advanced age of civilization. So many people are on drugs, so many people commit suicide, so many people are, are in depression, they take pills, they take pills to end a the depression, they take drugs to get, get high, they take pills to go to sleep. So people are not in a very good shape these days. Uh, despite you know, 15,000 years of civilization, or maybe we can say so-called civilization, because maybe we haven't really reached um, what is true civilization. So the problem is that many people don't know what the goal of life is. And, and those who have heard about that goal of life, and they might have read about it in a book, they don't really do anything to walk on that path. As Dr. Mohanty said, you know, it's not enough just to know something, but we have to do also. So today I'm going to explain what I've learned about the goal of life. If you study philosophy, there are different schools of thought about what a human being should do. Interestingly enough, in the West and in the East, there, there was two schools which are very quite similar. Some Greek um, thinkers said, eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow you're going to die. The Epicureans, I believe they are. And in India, there was even a philosopher, Charvaka, said similar, that this world is just a material world, and we should um, enjoy it, and because there isn't anything else. So this is a philosophy which many people of this world are following. They're following that. But should they be following, and is that correct? Is that, do we have some, no goal, or is there a real goal of life? So this is the important thing. If we want to find the goal, one of the ways to do that is just to observe what's happening in the world. So if we take a look at human beings and you ask people what they're, they're doing and why they're doing it, all of them will say, well, I'm doing it because I want to be happy. And, and what are they doing? So some people are, are collecting a lot of money, some people are after power, different things that they're after. They, apparently these are different activities, but they're, they're the same in that the goal is they're doing it to be happy. Everyone wants to be happy. And when someone has no more hope of ever being happy, then that person may commit suicide. But the goal of what people are after is to become happy. But, so that's one common denominator. But there is another common denominator of um, human activity. And that is 
whatever people do, especially um, in the mundane world, whatever finite or physical things that people acquire, it's never enough. It's never enough. Go to the richest person and ask him or her, are, are you satisfied? Are you happy? That person may say, well, um, I want a little bit more. Or the person may say, yeah, I have a lot, but who knows what's going to happen with the stock market, and there's also someone could rob it. You know, that person's not ha happy. You would expect, but they're not satisfied. And the person who has achieved political office, they're always thinking of the next one, the highest one. You know, person is a district officer, then he gets provincial, comes national. He would like to be an international figure. And, and if there was something more, he would also like that, because that's a craving, and that craving is not satisfied. So we look at all the human behavior, we see one thing. People are not satisfied. They're not satisfied with just something finite. Why? What, what's wrong with us? So if, if you're not satisfied, it doesn't mean that you have to go now to a um, psychologist or psychiatrist. No, that means you're human. But the reason why humans are not satisfied is because we want something, we want a happiness that will never end. That's, that's what it's all about. Like if you eat um, some nice sweet, then it ends, and then um, that pleasure is gone, then you want another thing, you go, let's go for some coffee, or let's go for something else. People always want something more. They went to the movies, they should have been satisfied. No, let's go out and eat, and then let's go do something, let's drink, let's dance. Let's... But people are not satisfied because we have a thirst for something infinite. And we're trying to satisfy that thirst with something which is finite. And, and that's a recipe for um, dissatisfaction. It's a, it's a recipe for um, failure, even. Because our, our, our nature is to, to get something which is infinite, to get a happiness which is infinite. And the animals are different. Like if you if you have um, it's not so common in India but but in America everybody has a dog you know here they're in the street but in America they're in the houses so the dog is a very interesting animal in that a dog is very easily satisfied if you will just um, feed some food pet him on the head he wags his tail he sleeps easily satisfied but humans are not easily satisfied. So the question comes is that um, what can we as humans do to become satisfied, to get that peace? Peace is when you, um, when you, you have an attention, like when you, when you want something. Let's say you're very, very hungry and you have to get something to eat. And someone says, let's do this. I said, I'm not going to do anything until I eat. And then when you eat, then you get some kind of feeling of, of, of a mental peace. But of course, that's only temporary, and then you're going to want something more. But, that, but we want a feeling of mental peace that's going to last and last and last. So what can we do about this? 
what should we do about this? So the, the philosophers have said that instead of acquiring tremendous wealth in the world, these, these things which seem to be great but they're finite and which will never satisfy us, we should adopt a different approach. We should, instead of go outward, we should go within. We should go within. The real wealth is somewhere within. And it's very close to us. Very, very close. It's the closest thing. So someone might say, what is it? Is it the tip of my nose? No. It's not the tip of the nose. It's something even closer. And it's in our feeling of I. Not this I, but the I. The I feeling. So each of us, we can say, I exist. I exist. So what is that? That's our mind. Our mind can make this statement. I exist. I exist. But there's also another I within us which is interesting. Because we can say, I know I exist. I know I exist. So what is this I? It's not the mind, but it's the witness of the mind. It's beyond the mind. I know I exist. So in the philosophy of India, it's called the Atman. It's called the soul. Or we can just say it's the witness. And what the, the philosophers have said is that if you can reach that I, that big I of I know I exist, then you're going to find peace. And then you're going to find the, the real wealth. So let's compare the two eyes. If, if someone comes to you and then they say, oh, you're terrible, you're stupid, then you go down. <laughs> your, your ego has been shattered. Then someone says, oh, you're very great, and then you go up. Then the next person says, you're very bad, you go down. So we're constantly with this little eye, we get in a battering from the world. We go up, we go down, we go up, we go down. And, and so this is not a peaceful place. But if somebody can realize that there's something more. You see, this is where this Charvaka and uh, the Epicureans and all these, these kind of um, materialists were wrong. That you are not a sack of skin and bones. It's not you. you your hand can come off, you're still here. This can, your arm can come off, you're still there. This, is, this body is not you. But where your I exist and I know I exist, this I know I exist, that's where you are. And that is the place where you have to go. And this is the goal of human life, is to, is to reach that, to do something so that we can experience it, not just read about it in a book. There are hundreds of books of philosophy out there, hundreds of teachers out there, Hundreds of lectures that you can go to, but that's not enough to go to the lecture, to read the book, but we have to do something to get the real repose, to, re to reach that inner I. So this is what is the quest of, of spirituality, the quest of dharma. So this is an important word, it's our nature. This is what we are. So the goal of life is to, is to fulfill our true nature. nature. 
So that's why people are not happy, because they're not fulfilling their, what they should be doing. And that's, that's the cause of so much trouble in this world. So we have to, we have to as a human being, fulfill this higher nature. But of course, there's a struggle. And part of the struggle is because we also share. I mentioned the dog before, uh, other animals. We also share an animal nature. So what is the animal nature? Um, eating, sleeping, fear, procreation. We have that. No one can escape it. We have that. So we have a balancing act. That's what, why it's difficult. Otherwise it would be easy if we only were like angels you know, and, and we just thought about the divine. Everything would be easy. But it's not easy because we have two natures, the, the animal dharma and the human dharma. And so what the, the yogis have said, and this is what I'm trying to practice, what I'm trying to teach, is that we should satisfy the animal nature to our, but not let it go out of hand, and then train all of our energy to pursue our higher calling. You know, there's one um, ancient shloka in the you know, scriptures of India, and it says like this, it says that eating, drinking, eating, sleeping, fear, and procreation is the dharma of animals. And humans have a higher nature. And it says that the humans who don't pursue that higher nature they're, the shloka says it, but I'll say something different. The shloka says they're the same as the animals. Means that what they're saying is that if you only um, do the same things that animals do, you're no better, you're the same. But well, what I say, what my teacher said, is that no. If we say that, the animals are going to come and protest. If, if we say that these human beings who are only doing eating and, and sleeping and fear and procreation, if we say that they're the same as animals, the animals are going to come here in droves, protesting, and they're going to say, what are they going to say? They're going to say, wait a minute, we animals, we're doing what we can do. This is our nature. But these humans, they have higher capacity, and they're not utilizing it. So, we animals say that these humans are not the same, as the shloka says, but they're less. They're less. We're less. If we don't pursue our higher calling, then we're, we're not the same as that. We're less than the animal, because we're not fulfilling our higher nature. So the goal of, of the human life is to fulfill, walk on this path of human dharma, and to reach the goal. And what is the goal? The goal is merger, merger with, the, with that cosmic consciousness. Because what is this I, if I know I exist? It's, it's the soul, it's, it's a piece of the cosmic consciousness. And when you reach that, that soul will merge in the supreme soul. What is the supreme soul? It's the, it's the collection of all the consciousness. It's called cosmic consciousness. It's the greater consciousness. And this is what is yoga. You know, like we hear a lot about yoga, especially in the in America. On every corner, there's a yoga studio. 
But that yoga is only a yoga of exercise, a physical exercise. But yoga, in its real term, means union. And this is the goal of human life. The goal of human life is union with the Supreme. And this, this kind of activity gives satisfaction. It gives peace to people because it, it gives a happiness which is called anandam. Anandam means a happiness that doesn't end. So that what you get when you eat a nice cake is a pleasure. But what you get when you, you taste the divine it is bliss. So there's a big difference between bliss and pleasure. And the goal of human life is to reach that bliss. But many people um, are entranced by the subject and they read books and they go to lecture after lecture, but that's not enough. You have to do it. So there's a the path of human progress is to do dharma sadhana. Sadhana means the perfection striving effort. We have to do something. So there are, there are different practices. One of the topics that Dr. Mohanty gave me as an alternative, I could have done the science of yoga. So what is the science of yoga? I won't do that now because it's a big subject. But the science of yoga is the practice which will help you to walk on, on that path towards the real goal of life. And that means taking care of, of the body. If you're sick, you can't, it's, it's very difficult to think of the divine when, when your back is hurting and your stomach hurts and, and you have so many problems. You, know, uh, you, you run into the doctor and you're running for your tests. You don't think of the divine in that case. So we have to take care of the, of the body. But taking care of the body doesn't mean to become a bodybuilder. That's not what we're here for. But we, should, we shouldn't be afflicted by, by the um, illnesses. So there are certain practical precautions of diet and exercise, many kind of things. Um, and if you do that, you're going to um, enjoy your life. But it doesn't stop there. We have to perfect our mind. So we do exercises for the body, but there are exercises for the mind. Because um, the mind is, is, we're living with our mind. You know, many people tell me, they always tell me, Siddhartha, I don't have any time to do meditation. They say, I don't have time for this. Because I ask people, meditate a half hour in the morning, half hour in the evening. They say, there's no time for that. But then I say, okay, you can't give an hour. But every time when you make a mistake, how much does that cost you in time? You're driving to some place and you forgot your briefcase back in the house. You have to turn around and you have to get it. How much time did you lose? And then you're you, um, doing something and then you forget to save it or something like that. And then you lost it. You, you, there's so many pitfalls in life. So if you, don't, if you don't have a sharp mind, you're going to lose a lot of time. So I tell the people, do some meditation and you're going to be sharp and you're going to get back that time which you thought you lost. So there's, that's, we have to develop the mind. But then we have to develop um, the soul. We have to fix on the goal because that's the way to do it. The, the secret of, of success is to be fixed on the goal and to remember it in every instance of life. 
So now we have to remember it. Now you already heard from me that the goal of life is to reach this, this soul, the Atman. So you remember it. You think you remember it now. But when you go outside, so many things are going to happen to you. Um, uh, if, if someone did something to your car, you look at it and then you're going to quit. You'll forget about the cosmic goal immediately and you think about, oh, your car, this and happened and so many things happened. And, you know, you stepped in a puddle and then your pants are wet and you, think, you forget about the cosmic goal very easily. We, we can forget <laughs> very easily. So how to constantly remember? This is called fixed memory, Dhruva Smriti. How to get that fixed memory on the goal? And I said it before, you have to think about it in a concentrated way. And what is thinking in a concentrated way? It's called meditation. So you have to do some kind of meditations. You know what happened to me? When I was um, about 22 years old, like that, I started reading. I became interested in Indian spirituality. Spirituality, not just Indian spirituality. Uh, that also explains how I got here. So what I, I discerned from all the books that I, I read was that all these great people of different traditions they had one thing in common. They all meditated. They all had some kind of introversive practice. So that's why uh, I quickly, after I read all the books like that, many, then I decided, no, I have to learn. I have to learn this thing. I have to learn how to meditate. But I thought, you know, I'm not too good at it. <laughs> I really can't do it, you know. Uh, and this is common. Actually, nobody is born who can just close his eyes or her eyes and then just fix on it. Nobody's like that. Our mind, as one yogi once said, is like a mad monkey stung by a scorpion. Mad monkey stung by a scorpion. Trumps around. You're thinking of one thing, you think of another. So anyway, I was like that. But, um, and that's why I carefully had to choose. I met some people, they were going to teach a mantra, but they wanted a hundred dollars, I think it was, I don't remember what it was. But I, I didn't want that. Not because I'm afraid of a hundred dollars, you know, although it was a lot of money at the time, but I was thinking like this, here's my thought. I said, I'm not really very good at it, so I'm probably going to lose the hundred dollars. So anyway, but to make a long story short, I did meet some yogi, and then he taught me one process. And then when I did it the first time, and I said, and I had tried many kinds of things. But I tried it the first time and I said, wow, I think I'm going to be successful this time. And I did. I, I continued to do it for 42 years. So I was able. But I had, the first time I did it, I had this feeling, which I never had before. I said, this time I think I have something. So you need to get some process. And in this process, what will it be? There are many kinds of processes uh, for this kind of thing. But the main thing that it should have you should be thinking about your goal. You should be constantly thinking, in meditation, you're thinking about what you are, what, what your true nature is. You have to think about that. So what happens? You get good at it after a while. You get really, you're thinking of it. It's going on. So your half hour is done. Then you go out in the world, but it still remains. The thought is there. Even like if you're standing in the um, post office waiting to get your things done and you just become quiet, 
you're thinking of it again. It happens. It takes some years of practice, but you'll get to think of it. One day, you will even get like this. This, this. There are some people who can, they will close their eyes to go to sleep, and even in their sleep, they'll be thinking about it. This constant memory of the goal. And what the yogis say is this, as you think, so you become. As you think, so you become. So this is dharma sadhana, this kind of thinking on the goal. And as we think about it, we become like that. We become. What do we become? We become, and this is also the test. See, people want to know if they're doing it correctly. So how can you know if you're doing it correctly? So if your radius of love expands to include all living beings, and if it expands a little bit more and more, then you're making progress. And this is what happens. Today I was really surprised, I read in, um, in the, I think it's the Times of India, and they have these quotes of different people, and even Charles Darwin, he said, if you read today's paper, Charles Darwin even, who's not noted for his um, spiritual stand, but he said, yeah, the greatest quality that people can develop, that what the noblest quality of man is uh, when he develops the love for all. So this is what, what Dharma Sadhana does. It brings the love for all in, a, in each one of us. And that love, and that, that's where the real satisfaction, the real pleasure, the real joy of life comes from that. And so that it, it comes from something which is immaterial, supra-material, and not from the material. So the materialists are doomed to frustration. Their life is always going to be frustrated by insufficiency. They will never, because you can never get enough wealth to satisfy a thirst that's infinite. You can never get enough power to satisfy a desire for something that's infinite. So this is the secret of, of the human life it is, to, is to find the goal and then to walk on that path. So that's what um, my song is all about. Uh, I just try to remind people of that. So what the song is all about was that, that really you're never alone or helpless. So like you think, you know, you're in a bad situation, a hundred people are after you. You say a hundred to one. I say it's a hundred to one plus one. The plus one is that the cosmic entity, the cosmic entity resides inside of you and is always with you. And so this is what, what um, spirituality is all about. It's not about occult powers and to, to see things or to feel things happening. No. If you can get that constant feeling that the cosmic entity is always with you, then, then you have achieved something very great in your life. So this... Um, I don't know how much time I'm supposed to speak or whatever, <laughs> Uh, but really, that's the essence of what I've came here to talk about tonight. So what I've said is that that um, the goal of human life is to reach the infinite consciousness, to get ananda, happiness. That I said that also that the opposite of that, or what most people are doing, is to pursue their their 
happiness or to try for the happiness with all kinds of um, physical um, activities. Physical or psychic, but, but usually physical activities. And all of these activities are doomed to frustration and that those humans who walk and who follow their true nature will reach their goal. I wanted to say something also about society. Society also needs a goal. Once there was a president of the United States, his name was Calvin Coolidge, he lived around 19, in the 20s, maybe he said this in 1924, he said, the business of America is business. Means, it's an American English kind of thing, but it means that what America is all about is just business. But this is not what a nation or, or a civilization should all be about, right? It should, this is not why, why we build a civilization. So, what is a civilization? It has three phases it has um, existence, asti, that, yeah, we have to have enough. Um, enough um, things to sustain us. Necessary, okay, no one's against that. But then, it has to have development, bhakti, development. There are certain factors that build a great civilization, certain developmental factors. It has a good philosophy, it has a, maybe a spiritual practice, it has a social outlook, it has a socioeconomic theory, it has great preceptor. These are, these are certain factors. And when, they, when, when a society has these factors, then it also has to move towards a goal. So what is, should be the goal of the society? Anandam. This should be the goal, that the society should provide the necessary um, wherewithal so that people can pursue their higher nature and move towards bliss. But there's one thing here, that this bliss can never be achieved um, in unison by a society. Because there will always be some people who reach it, then some people just starting out. But we should place that in front of us. The society should even place this in front of it. Just like as humans, we place this anandam in front of us as humans. But society also should, should make that the goal. That's what, that's what civilization is all about. The civilization is not about um, acquiring wealth. In the ancient times, in the, in the um, Middle Ages, after the Middle Ages, when the commercial revolution happened, the, the goal of Spain was to bring all the, the gold of the New World to Spain. It's called mercantilism. There's a, there's a crazy kind of goal. You know? And today also, the, the goals of, of different nations is also to amass wealth or to control it or, or to control the world militarily. This should not be our goal, but the goal of, of the society should also be Ananda, bliss. So what I say is that when um, humans, as individuals, we will adopt the true goal and when we adopt a path which will bring us to that goal, we will become um, satisfied and happy. And when we have a society that also places the proper goal in front of it, then um, the society will be um, also blissful and wonderful. And also it will help us. If we would live in a proper society, it would be much easier.
for us to pursue our true nature. So when Dr. Mohanty gave me the, uh, the topic, that's what I was thinking of. So um, that's really what I came here to say tonight. I don't have so much more to say. So, so thank you for your uh, very astute um, attention. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs>